I'm Dante DiCaria. You're listening to Lugnuts Pregame. Today I'm joined with Toronto Blue Jays catching coordinator Ken Huckabee. Now, Ken, when did you first get the position as the catching coordinator in the Blue Jays organization? Uh, I got it after the 2016 season, so uh, this is my second year doing this. So how did they approach you with it? Uh, we did not have a catching coordinator for about two or three years uh, when Sal Fasano became the pitching coordinator, so it was a position that was open. When Gil Kim and Eric Wedge and Shapiro and Ross came in, they started uh, refilling positions. I was fortunate enough. So before I ask you about Danny Jansen, what is the everyday life for you in the Blue Jays organization? It is uh, a lot and a lot and a little at the same time. Um, just travel every five days to each affiliate, check in with the catching coaches, make sure the catchers are staying on uh, staying on point with their development programs and, and making sure the program is running smoothly. So do you always have to hop around from each affiliate? Yes, I go every five days and then once a month I'll, I'll get to go home for like four or five days and then jump back up and, and travel the country and meet guys in great places like South Bend. Do you ever go up to Rogers Center and talk with the front office? I do not. Uh, right now we are strictly uh, player development and we worry about um, getting our guys ready to, to impact Toronto. Here, uh, Toronto Blue Jays catching coordinator Ken Huckabee. Now let me ask you about Danny Jansen. What make, makes him a potential big league catcher? Just he's a learner. Uh, he, he really learns. He's, he's always learning when, he, when he's on the field. He asks good questions. Um, he really is the epitome of unselfish when it comes to his pitching staff and, and himself. He puts, him, he puts the team and the winning and his pitcher ahead of, of his own success. And fortunately for him, that's, that's translated into success for him as far as hitting and other aspects of his game. So last season, Danny Jansen started off the year in Dunedin. I believe that was his second year with the Dunedin Blue Jays. And then he skyrocketed up through the Blue Jays organization, played well in AA and in AAA. Did you know that he was going to go up through the system that quickly last year? I, I do not. That's what we tell our players all the time. We don't, we don't go into a season planning on moving guys. The players move themselves. And when they get to a level and they're showing that they're playing above that level, we obviously are going to keep pushing them to, to challenge them as they go up. So... Going into last year, Danny was in Dunedin to learn. He had John Schneider as his manager, who's a great catching guy also, and and he learned a lot. And then he just he pushed himself, and he carried that work ethic through. And there's no reason why any, any player in an organization can't do that on a daily basis and force us to move him. So I talked to Buck Martinez last year, and he told me that Danny Jansen putting on the glasses may have helped. Did that help him? It did. It did. Um, it helped him recognize pitches earlier, helped him with his receiving. Evidently, you know, obviously, it helped him with his hitting, but the glasses did make a huge difference in his career. So as a former big league catcher, when you come down here to Lansing or Dunedin or New Hampshire, what type of advice are you trying to give the catchers? Uh, we keep it really simple when we get down here to, to Lansing. It's just advice on just staying calm. Just It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, to be human, more or less, and, and, uh, and to play the game without fear. If you're afraid to make a mistake, you're afraid to succeed then because you have to be willing to, to put it out there to, to gain a lot of ground. Here at Toronto Blue Jays catching coordinator Ken Huckabee. Let me ask you about Ryan Gold. What do you like about his game? Same thing as I like as Danny Jansen. He is a learner. He asks great questions. He's, he comes up, you know when he's playing the game, he's going he's gonna to leave everything on the field. Uh, Goldie is young, just like Jano was when he was here in 2015, but he's learning fast and, and the uh, Right now, we're, he's catching up to what we want him to be, and it's just going to take a little bit of time, but there is a lot in there. Is there anything that he needs to improve on in terms of his defensive play? Uh, everything. I mean, all, all the kids down here don't have it figured out yet, so, I mean, we're still, he's still playing with his stances, trying to find out where he's the most comfortable, where, he, where he's the most efficient with his receiving and his blocking and his throwing, 
and it's a it's a daily battle of communication between him and Pano, who is the catching coach here, um, to find that happy place where he's he's his best. How about uh, Hagen Daner down in rookie ball? Hagen is doing good. His, his receiving and blocking are doing great. Um, he's hitting really well, and he's he's hopefully he, we can get him progressing. You know, he's really young, obviously, just getting drafted last year out of high school. So there's a there's a lot there with a the high school catcher. Um, being a catcher, it takes a long time to get to the big leagues. Being a high school catcher, that process you know might extend a year or two longer than a college kid. So let me ask you about your career. When you made the major leagues, you were, I believe, in your, your mid-30s. Is that right? I was 31 when I got to the big leagues and stayed. I'd gotten up when I was 25, but obviously didn't stay. And then made it back when I was 30 is when I kind of got, uh, if you want to call it success, being in the big leagues, getting to stay there for a little while. Um, I got there when I was 30. So how did, how did you keep that dream alive to keep playing through double-A, triple-A as, you know, a, a guy in his mid-20s and upper 20s? I uh, got triple-A when I was 24 and stayed in triple-A <laughs> until I was 38, but uh, but I kind of went up and down. But you know what? I always believed in my heart and that I, that I was a big league catcher, and um, you can't really look at your what you lack as a player. When you're that kind of player, you have to believe that you're one of the best in the game and, and I always had that belief in retrospect I can look back and know that I wasn't one of the best but I got everything I could out of my body and out of my mind to to play in the big league so I was fortunate to have what I had. So I believe you were with the Blue Jays and then you went to the Texas Rangers and then came back to Toronto what made you want to come back? Just the atmosphere that, that Toronto is I love Toronto they gave me the biggest opportunity to play in the big leagues and uh, spent a year obviously over with Buck Showalter in Texas who I highly respect and uh, and really believe in and then came back over here to play for Gibby for one year and then went over and played for Francona the next year. Is it cool to have Gibby as a manager now with the Blue Jays? It is. Uh, it, was, it was awesome to see him come back and he learned a lot from his, his first stint here and he's, uh, he's obviously matured into a really, really good big league manager. Now, who did you play under with the Blue Jays before? I played for Buck Martinez uh, in 02 and then when he got let go, I played for Carlos Tosca. So how is Buck Martinez as a manager? I was only there for about 15 days. Okay. I got called up when uh, Darren Fletcher went on the DL, and I got set down when Fletcher came off the DL, and then I got called back up the day after Buck got fired. So I joked with Buck that I got called up after he got fired. Who was the toughest major league pitcher you ever had to face? Ooh. You know what? I was fortunate enough to get to face a lot of the, looking back now, the guys that were the dominant guys between the Pedros and the Rockets and, wow. and those guys. I got to face all those guys, but the... The downside of that is they didn't worry about me when I hit. So when I got in the box, they were just worried about just getting me out of the box as quick as I can. So I usually didn't get their A stuff unless the situation called for it. So they weren't necessarily tough for me to hit, and I had some success off those guys. I had a lot more trouble off the guys that were coming into the big leagues, breaking in, that were trying to prove themselves at a big league yeah. level. So I always use a guy like Dan Heron. When he first came in, he was absolutely filthy. <laughs> and I got his A game, which made it even worse. So a lot of times it was those young guys that came in, like we faced uh, Santana, Johan Santana, when yeah. he first broke in, you couldn't touch him. And, and evidently no one else could touch him either because he was had so much success. Was there a moment that stuck out in your career that you remember the most that you tell your kids, your family all the time? No, not really. It's just the accumulation of, uh, of being around a lot of great people and a lot of great memories of playing the game. So there's nearly, nearly – not one specific moment that I that I remember. There were so many fun times in this game. Who was the best pitcher you ever had to catch, in your opinion? I, uh, to me, it was a no-brainer. Was was Roy oh. Halliday, which I got the, was fortunate enough to catch him for three years, and 
and uh, so that to me is a no-brainer. Is it was Doc. What was it about Doc Holliday that made him so good? Command. A fifth grader could call his game, and it was just that easy to call his game because he had confidence in every pitch he threw, and he he basically hit you wherever you sat on the plate, and he was the ultimate competitor on the mound. So after you retired from baseball, did you come straight back into the Blue Jays organization? No, I took four years off. I retired. My son was 12. I wanted to be home. My daughter was uh, six. So I wanted to, or uh, no, I'm sorry, she was three. three. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to take some time off and be at home with my family. For I stayed home for four years. So when my son got ready to go into his junior year of high school, I asked him if it was okay if I went back in. He said it was fine, so I decided to go back in. So last thing for you, when did you have the opportunity to come back to the organization? Was it a guy in the organization that called you and wanted to bring you in as a coach, or what was it? Yeah, it it was Mike Barnett, who was a hitting coordinator at the time, and he brought me in as a hitting coach in Bluefield. So I had spent two years as a hitting coach, one year in Bluefield, one year here in Lansing as a hitting coach, and then went to manage next year in Lansing. Huck, thanks a lot. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Toronto Blue Jays catching coordinator uh, Ken Huckabee. You're listening to Lugnuts pregame on Lansing Sports Station, the game 7.30 a.m. WVFN East Lansing.